honestly don't know how people in like Seattle and stuff live. Like we're in Lanini here yeah. for like the last three weeks and it's so miserable and depressing. I feel like skipping state straight away because it's just too much to bear. And I read today that Lanina is going to be around until end of January. Oh, that so is. Another five, six weeks of just miserableness. That is very depressing. Like usually New South Wales is good for weather most of the time. Like it's usually Melbourne that have the constant rain. I know. And it's it's happening here. I know. Should we just like go over to Western Australia or go up North Australia? Darwin or something. Yeah, where it's just like sunny always. They do have hurricane season up there though. I don't know if we'll ever top. get out of Sydney. Yeah, I do like New South Wales. Like it's It's scary big. moving interstate. Yeah, it's it very, is. It's a very daunting thought. No, nah, well, you've done a big jump from like Wollongong to Sydney. No, it's uh, a, a, a short, a short jump. <laughs> uh, hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, from Wollongong, hour and a half away. Yeah, and then when I was younger, around about ten years old, we went from yeah Victoria to New South Wales. So mm. that was a adjustment. But as a kid, it's probably not as bad as an adult because it's easy to make friends when you're younger compared to an adult. Uh, I don't know if it is. I don't have any real world evidence of that because I didn't have to move around. But every every story you hear in like movies and from friends and stuff, it's always like, oh, it sucks being the new kid. You always get picked on. The adults, like adults, don't really go seeking friends that much. Although you think I should join some sort of cycling club to uh, make some friends, but some social we'll club. See, we'll see how that goes. To be able to hang out, so it's not just me that you hang yeah, out with. Someone to hang out and look at the Lenina overcast every day with and talk about how depressing it can become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want that sunlight to come through because it's a little bit more motivating than, you know, working inside while well, that's it's- That's why I moved that desk out there for yeah. the sunlight and it's been, I had a month of sunlight and now it's a month of drizzle and, yeah, misery. Yeah, like it's, like we're saying, it's not the best fun, but hey, you know, <laughs> we just go and go out and do things that are indoors then instead. Yeah, like- yeah. We went to the movies. That's yeah, indoors. We did. Yeah, we went and saw June last week. First session of like the first day. It was the first. Yeah. Well, it's been out overseas for like many, many weeks now, but Australia loves, you know, trailing behind, creating mm-hmm. a little shadow of the rest of the world. And yeah, June came out, went and seen it at 11 a.m. screening, possibly the earliest movie I've ever seen at the cinemas, purely because we had to get the. We had to get you to work on time. Yeah, and it finished just in time. It started at 11 and then it finished it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think the before the credits and stuff, it finished at like 1.40. So it was a long movie. Very interesting. Like I have just finished the book. I haven't finished the book. Yeah. The first book is, I think there's three parts in the book and then the movie covers like the first two of them. So I think there's two movies. Kind of confusing. There's a follow-up book. So I'm guessing the third part of the first book and then the second book make up the thir- the second movie, perhaps. I'm not too sure, but yeah, I finished the book, so I'm sort of up to date with the movie and what was removed and what was enhanced and stuff from the book to the big screen. Yeah, because all I've seen is the original movie back a long, long time ago, and yeah. I do have the book downloaded to as an audio book to get into, but I just haven't had time to. I, I do want to do it because I really enjoy like the sci-fi fantasy storylines and especially June because it's a bit of a staple in like sci-fi. It's a classic and it's like one of those ones, one of those novels that a lot of people will be familiar with. I feel like it might have been curriculum at some point over the decades in school to read, but I feel like it's a very common book um, for those outside of the the sci-fi nerd realm. Like it's people know what June is and Mm. like know the, the story despite not being the biggest nerds. No, I think maybe because it's a very like 
political sci-fi as well. Very similar to like, you know, Battlestar Galactica is also one of those very political. Overthrowing yep. different regimes and mm-hmm. uh, families and houses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way it's sort of set out, isn't it? So it's set like thousands of years in the future. Like I think it says, I think it's 10,000, the year 10,000. So yeah. it's a good four more existences up until this point past Jesus. Yeah, past Jesus. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it's just like the human race has sort of expanded and traveled across the world and they've, you know, integrated with other species and other cultures and things like that. And, yeah, and then they set off into the sand dunes. Isn't it the sand dunes? You don't know any of the planet's names or the people characters' names. You just know them by by screen. So I have all the, the minute details Due to my first listening of yeah. the of the audiobook. It's one of those ones you can read over and over again, I think, over the years. Mm. Um, but now that there's a movie, like a very high production IMAX movie. Yeah. It's um something to sink your teeth into. But yeah, the, I I recall trying to watch that first movie mm-hmm. maybe ten years ago. I was sort of I was like, Yeah, I'm a I'm a sci fi guy. I'm gonna try and watch as much sci fi as I can. Tried watching that. Just couldn't comprehend it at all. Um but yeah, this time I I think I'm old enough to understand Compared yeah. to when I was a young tweenling, yeah, or 20, 20 something year old, and I think that's the because like trying to remember the original movie as well, it was very very confusing. But it, maybe as an adult, I sort of understand the more political aspect side of things, or just like the drama behind the scenes. So, what do you want to know? Tell I'm fresh off the book. What do you want to know? All right, so Paul's the main character, right? Paul Atreides, yeah, yeah, he's and son Atreides. of son of Duke Leto, yeah. People were sort of comparing it to Game of Thrones, like family dynamic style, like because it's yeah, I guess because yeah. you have like the emperor, which is like the king, right? Yeah. And then you have all these houses underneath it that report to the emperor, yep. and then they sort of do his bidding. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is not we can't really say a spoiler alert because the book's been out for whatever forty years. Oh yeah, true. Like you can't even give a spoiler alert but for the movie. Maybe I can just create a bit more of a background to help you understand it more, perhaps. Yeah, because it's almost like the movie started halfway through a storyline. Yeah. Like what happened beforehand. So the, at the start of the book, basically, it's all. The start of the book is Paul waking up out of a dream. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's having this dream about um, what you find out to be Fremen, a young girl with blue eyes, a Fremen sort of leading the way, and he can sort of vision, uh, see visions of like. Some of his um, friends, people, like people that he like learns to fight and stuff from Mm -hmm. that are in his family's circle, circle. Um, He like watches them die and stuff. So he has like visions and then basically you find out that his mother, Amanda, I think, is it Amanda? They have very like Anglo-British names. I I got Amanda from somewhere. I think it is Amanda. I'm tripping. I listened to the book yesterday. (laughs) Is it Amanda? It's not Amanda. Anyway. Um, she ha- she is a, a a Bene Gesserit, which is like a type of so like a gypsy type witch. Like a, is I'd it- say more of a prophetess. Yeah, so something like that. They yeah, have different priestess, powers. Sorry. They have like um like mind sort of like telekinesis. Telekinesis is the word. You're better at words. I'm better at yeah. They not have much. like a they have like a form of yeah. mind control. So they they call it something like the voice. So yeah. you would speak and direct it at them, and then they'll do the action that it's, you want to. It's like in Star Wars when it's like. Oh, the force. You will open the door for me. Yeah. Do pass me the glass of water. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, she's a Bene Gesserit, and she was supposed to have bear a daughter with uh, Duke Leto, mm-hmm. um, which is what she was, like, promised to the Bene Gesserit allegiance lady yeah. of crazy ladies. And 
basically she ended up having a son instead and there's like a prophecy about a son being born from like a Bene Gesserit mm-hmm. and he might be this Kwisart Haderach. Like the one. I got all these words and lingo down already. Yeah, yeah. like the, the one basically. Um, and then their family gets sent to, by the emperor's wishes, gets sent to Arrakis, mm-hmm. which is the place that has all the sand dunes and they mine all the melange, spice melange. Yep. Um, and the house that was overseeing that planet first had to get removed mm-hmm. and they're called the Harkonnens and it's basically the battle of the Atreides going to Arrakis and settling there and then a lot of them get killed and stuff. Yeah. But it was all a, a plot by the Emperor to basically set them up for the Harkonnen to kill them. That's, that's the movie in, in summary for you. So mm-hmm. Emperor told them, go there, we want you to start looking after the planet, um, get finances, get business, whatever, running really well. Yep. Harkonnen weren't too impressed, mm-hmm. ended up killing everyone. But I think, from what I understand, it was an order from the Emperor. It was, So, I'm not too sure. I'm at the book right now where it's a bit of speculation. Yeah. And I can jump in with this one. So, the Emperor actually sent- Because they wanted that family gone because they were- they were popular. They had a lot of people behind them. They were, like, having momentum. They had just, like, a really good, like, house culture, I would suppose. And he saw them as a threat, so he wanted to take them out. So, he took them down to the Spice World where, I guess, a similar way to put it is- like the farming for like oil or like a very high resource because yes, it fuels their engines. It is also like a cultural, religious, like psychoactive that helps. It's needed in literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to get, I don't think we get too much into the story because people can watch the movie and hmm. stuff, but it's more just to, yeah, I guess we went to the movies as yeah. the story. I know. So like the, the second movie will be uh, interesting because it, like the, the cliffhanger at the end of the first movie is just basically like this is just the beginning. Yeah, but it so was you're a, getting two years. Yeah, but it was a nice. $40. It was a nice tie over though. It didn't leave you hanging too much. And like the cinema geek in me, the special effects were unreal, yeah. absolutely unbelievable, very cinematic. Really set up the space. Like it, they created a really good other world. Yeah, like it was just so beautiful. Like I love good long slow motion landscape shots. Like it was really really nice. Very yeah, the cinemato- cinematography was crazy. Yeah, definitely made for IMAX, super mm-hmm. super wide. Yeah, but it could like I think they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, I've only just read the book. I'm not a super fan. I've been reading it over and over for forty years. I don't have like a a real deep grounding in how the story should be told in cinema form. But it's kind of interesting the way they um, show the story. There's no fluff. You don't see – you just see ships coming down and attacks. You don't see a huge amount of – Like talking. Like preface Mm. behind the scene, like before the scenes rather, about like what's going on. It's just like pure action. Yeah. And like Hans Zimmer – The big guns. Soundtrack behind Mm -hmm. it is crazy. Yeah. The soundtrack – it kind of reminds me of – you know the real cinematic um, audio and, or music um, score from what's that? The big uh, Justice League movie where it's like dum dum. Yeah, it's yeah, just like oh yeah. Wonder Woman. Like those scenes of the slow mo Wonder Woman scenes sounds exactly the same. I feel like Hans Zimmer's actually done he that. Would have so, had, it would yeah. have to be the same dude for sure. Yeah, so Hans Zimmer's like he's huge. Like he's like the like the absolutely 
bowl, not bowl. I was about to say bolo, the actual absolute goat of like cinematic, just crazy, like mu- the, yeah. the most, like it's the most cinematic, explosive sound yeah. you can do for that movie. Well, he's won so many awards, so like, why not? Like, if you want to make such, like, if it has such a big visual aspect, then you need big audio behind it to really enhance it, make it so much more. I feel like it would be definitely be one of those movies that gets screened with like a accompanying orchestra or something at the opera house that'd be insane yeah like in five years time a hundred percent because they do stuff like the dark knight and everything and it's just in the opera house with that amazing audio it would just be i I feel like i've got goosebumps just thinking about it i was listening to the soundtrack on spotify um the other day i was like i'll do some work to this and i was a bit because it's, like, a bit off, you know? Like, there's, like, three or four minutes of, like, very chill music, and then mm-hmm. it's just, like... It's super moody. Ridiculous, like, op- operatic all of a sudden, and you're like, okay, that came out of nowhere. It's not yeah. like a generic song, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus type thing. You weren't one of those people that used to be able to study the, like, epic classical mm. music? Classical, yeah, because there's, like, themes and there's a flow, but mm-hmm. something like this that's scored to a movie, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, you know, whispers and not much happening, tiny violins for, like, three minutes, and then all of a sudden... You just get slapped in the face with a ridiculous organ. Yeah. Can't can't do that while working. But speaking of cinematography and how awesome that movie looked, mm-hmm. I've seen an article this week. Sorry, I'm playing with the mic. I've seen <laughs> an article this week about a new image of the sun. Oh, what? That uh, this astronomer, mm-hmm. or, yeah, astronomer got. So, have a look at this, right? <gasps> Whoa. I'll quickly read it through. Read, read it through to you because yeah. I thought it was amazing. I studied a little bit of astronomy and stuff at university. Mm-hmm. Mentioned it probably on this pod 15 or 25 yeah. times by now. Forgot most of the, the info there from that those courses. But this was really interesting to me. So um, they d- developed a new image using, well, it's compiled of 150,000 images to make a 300 megapixel photo of the sun. Not a representation. This is an actual photo. <gasps> so, you know, HDR, how they layer up multiple types of images with mm-hmm. darker and lighter and stuff. Yep, to give to it that texture. To create an overall, like, really high dynamic range mm-hmm. photo. This is basically what they've done here but with the sun. Obviously, can't look at the sun for too long because it will burn your eyes. Yeah. So, astro- astrophotographer Andrew McCarthy has released a new series of sun photos that perfectly capture the intensity of our star. So he created it using 150,000 images using a telescope um, and combined them all. So he's got it on Instagram here. And we'll drop a link in the show notes and stuff and we'll put a a visual overlay of what we're looking at here so you guys can see it. Um, But these these are actual photos of the sun. Sorry about all these, these ads popping up here. Far out. So you can actually zoom in. You swipe through here. Because the normal representation of the sun we're used to seeing is never like, super accurate and there's always a ton of, like, solar flares. You can't really tell what's going on. It just like, like, usually looks like a yellow glowing ball. Yeah. yeah. This is as close as what is gonna, we're ever going to see it Fuck without naked out. eye, without burning out. That looks so out. beautiful. It's crazy, right? That's so crazy. Like, there's so much texture. So you can see that little Fuck solar flares. Out. Like, that's the crazy one, the side view there. Yeah. And what's so actually majestic. insane is um, this was posted on Reddit by him. Mm-hmm. He warned that users shouldn't look at the sun through a telescope normally. However, his telescope has been modified to purge the heat captured when looking at the star. This lets, it, this lets him capture the sun um, with his camera without catching on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's – I don't know how. What? You know when you, like, 
you can burn ants and stuff. Don't oh, recommend like it to any kids. Magnifying glass. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I guess it like pinpoints the heat into a one location. Well, if you have like a really large telescope or a lens, it would have multiple lenses in, in it, it, right? So it would just that's magnify what, the what, heat. That's yeah. what telescopes you do. Shut up. <laughs> they hit, like different mirrors and stuff. But yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty crazy that that, that happened. But he actually took three hundred thousand images and only used half of them. Wow. Um, so he scrapped a lot of them and then. Yeah, what's crazy is that actually there's more pictures at, pictures at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I, I, I uh, can't speak right when I get excited. So yeah. the more you guys can't hear me, the more excited I am. So at the bottom here, there's a link to some other stunning videos. And mm-hmm. I was going to click on it, yeah. but I'm saving this here for a live viewing on the pod. Oh. So that photo of the sun was like beautiful, actually crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to look at some more stunning photos. Oh, that's amazing. Like it's. The sun has, like, so much power over our own world. Like, it's crazy to think that something so far away, like, we'd never really see what it really looks like. These images are mental. Yeah. I mean, imagine what what kind of info and images we get in another hundred years. I know. Like, the more that... Well, the, one of our previous episodes, I was talking about the new telescope that got built and they're launching that. I think it's been delayed a few times now, mm-hmm. but I can't even imagine what type of photos it could get. Imagine being closer and having that same tech, being able to take those photos. That's it. Yeah. All right, let's load this up. <gasps> that cannot be so real. these are jaw-dropping lunar eclipse photos. <gasps> that cannot be That's real. Not that, okay, so what we're looking at here for those listening along, there's a picture of like eight moons. It basically looks like Dragon Ball Z dra- balls, like lined up. Yeah. This is just a like a time lapse yeah. uh, overlaid. Right. So it's the sun tra- or the moon rather transitioning uh, through the night in the different solar eclipse locations mm-hmm. and the color changes. Um, but that's the that's what it would look like over time. Oh, it looks so How nice. How amazing are these photos? Far like out. you'd want to get these printed and put on your walls straight away. hundred percent. They look so fake. They do look so fake. I. That's mental. It looks so beautiful. I want a print of this and put it onto our wall. We should go do a little astronomy trip one time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have night tours, but I don't know how well it's going to go with how cloudy it is. I don't even know if we can even see the sky anymore. Was that? And it's also crazy light pollution. Mm-hmm. We have to go like way, way out in the outback. Yeah. To, to get a, a, a proper glimpse. Some university, some rural university would have like a great like setup somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like know, the dish. The, the, the dish, yeah. Speaking of previous episodes, mm-hmm. uh, I think two or three episodes we've talked about how Facebook has now changed to Metaverse. We love Metaverse. We talk about it in probably every fourth episode now. And it's just so interesting. Yeah. Um, in recent news, you might be aware that Jack Dorsey has stepped down from being CEO of Twitter. I have read they, that. I think they acquired Square, the payment app or payment purchase type oh, the company. the tapping company? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of been torn between the two companies, not torn, but like he's been operating both companies simultaneously for some time. He would be so tired. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation that he should step down from Twitter. And he recently has, and there was sort of debate about what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few days after that leadership change, um, Jack Dorsey, Dorsey announced a significant name change also for Square. So, you know, Facebook is now known as Meta. Mm-hmm. Square is now known as Block. Like blockchain. Like blockchain. Right. Okay. That's really that's a really interesting space for him to step into because, like, Twitter is such a, I guess, it's just a staple in social media and is the it way. Though? How many of your friends use Twitter? When you say staple, that's a. All right. That's not a broad. That's 
There's like two friends. Like I shouldn't say it's huge in America, right? Like it was was Twitter before Facebook. It's a good question. Yeah, it's just one of those ones. It's it's like one of the original. Like it's one of the original social media it's platforms. It's a different a different class of people use Twitter. I would say. Yeah, definitely, because it's very like it gets lumped in with the social media aspect, but it's not like Facebook or anything no, like that. Because they still have an, the. It's not an everyday type of person app. Not, yeah. No. It's more of like an information related app. So I guess that okay, explaining it that way sort of makes sense. It would segue into this, but that's very interesting where he's going to take the company. Yeah. So Twitter is still Twitter, and now yeah, Square is called Block. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically. Sorry, I did highlight some notes here, and now they're all gone. No. So, yeah, Square's name is now called Block, um, for, like you said, sort of representing a blockchain, because mm-hmm. um, they have a few companies underneath it, right? So, the name, uh, I quote here, is the name has been associated, the name Block has many associated meanings for the company, building blocks, neighborhood blocks, local businesses, communities coming together at block parties, a blockchain, section of code. So, it's sort of a way of encompassing all the smaller companies underneath it like community almost yeah so they have a few different companies right they have have you heard of cash app yeah i have heard of cash app yeah like i think it's just like a paypal venmo type peer-to-peer money buy now pay later yeah yeah it's more just transferring money me gotcha it might be something else but it's uh, some some sort of cash related app Mm -hmm. they own title which is jay-z uh jay-z's original streaming music streaming platform oh right title okay I'm not sure if he still owns it, but he did start it. And Square. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, there's a few things that they have under the Square umbrella. Uh, umbrella. Umbrella. We call them umbrellas here in Australia. We don't. That's umbrella. just true. Umbrellas. Um, so, yeah, the, the main thing about this article is, like Meta, um, Block will be governing a bunch of smaller businesses. So Block will manage Square. Square will still exist, but the overarching main head company is called Block, and it's going to have a bunch of smaller things in there. And then you're going to have Meta. Mm-hmm. With Facebook, Instagram, and stuff all below. So it's right. sort of like, yeah, everyone's preparing for a blockchain world, yeah. web, web 3.0 world. Well, could you imagine if, like, he's the one that has the with Square or any of those, like, buy now, pay later type things or, like, transfers? Like, well, future block would be the one where you would, you know, get access to that. Mm. Be pretty interesting. So, yeah, just the interesting. Th- way things are going because those square things you can you know you, you buy them and you hold little market stores it's yeah. just a way of taking transactions great. so that's all gonna be cryptofied i'd imagine yeah well the squares are great for small businesses so not everybody has cash now especially like covid or people just like transitioning into that cashless society similar to people are transitioning into like crypto and things like that and that's what those squares were good it was for for purely cashless so could you imagine that the squares would then turn into Take like ETH. crypto yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you do have some countries already that have like Bitcoin ATMs and things like that, right? So, you could you imagine this is just the crypto version. So, you're just out and about and you want to go buy a pair of shoes, but you don't have cash, but you got Ethereum, just tap it. Yeah, even look at the website. It's actually, it's a very blockchain nerdy, nerdy-esque. It's like, whoa, okay, like I'm straight into the into the matrix right now. I like the orange and aqua vibe it has going on. Very, uh futuristic yeah right yeah but block interesting name who would have thought the uh the business name block would be available oh my god yeah <laughs> well there's like block hr right <laughs> yeah so you got square cash out spiral title not sure what spiral is Must be oh something. yeah definitely even the layout of the website looks very like futuristic yeah. where like underground hackers but then square still exists so it's like everything's going to transition to use mm-hmm. use some sort of universal 
platform or ecosystem within Square. Yeah. But the whole, I guess, it's kind of weird as well. Like, obviously, we're complete noobs. I don't know heaps about technical stuff. I have a basic understanding of decentralization, blockchain, crypto. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea with crypto is to have everything decentralized. So, like, Facebook, for example, they own all the data. All the data of you, of me, of everyone in this street is all in the one centralized place on their servers. It's not open source for the world to have access to. Yeah, government can't, or government try, but they can't get in there. Whereas, like, decentralization, if there was, like, a decentralized Facebook, then it exists on whatever, a million, a thousand, a hundred thousand different servers, so it's not centralized, less prone to attacks and stuff like that. But it seems like these companies are creating their own, I guess, would it be their own blockchain in a sense, and therefore they own everything within that, but then even be decentralized? If they have Square, Cash App, Title, all underneath block, but it's all on their one blockchain, they still have... It's all still centralized, maybe. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm pretty way off, but it just feels like I'm missing the point. Yeah, perhaps. I don't think they'd be able to create their own blockchain because that would limit them in chances of getting more money in the long run. Like you want it to be open to well, as many that, people as possible. Well, they have to have some sort of bridging or access. It's just interesting how why would they be creating these huge head companies to house all the other smaller ones unless there was some main framework shared or intertwined between them all. Yes, unless there's something's happening behind the scenes that will allow you to jump from one platform to another. Speaking of jumping platforms, I think we'll wrap it up there. If you guys can subscribe to the pod on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, that'd be greatly appreciated. We love doing these pods and love turning up every week and having some new combos for you guys to listen to and for us to enjoy. 100%. Don't forget to leave a review. It helps us so much down on iTunes. And yeah, don't forget to just follow us along. We really enjoy this and we'll see you next time. Next week, episode 30. Bye, everybody. See ya.